Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, Tom Korski is the executive editor of Black Locks Reporter at Minding Ottawa on Twitter. And we love to talk to, uh, to Tom. He's back with us. How are you, Tom? I'm well, thank you, Roy. Do you find once in a while that you get a headache when you look at what's going on in the halls of power? You know what I always think of? Uh, this will sound arcane, but, it's, but I, I can make it relevant. I think of Brian Mulroney, and I think of free trade. And if you recall, a majority of Canadians never voted for free trade. But you know what he did? He had a commission go around the country. They had a lot of public hearings. Some would say they ignored everything that people told them, but nonetheless. And then he laid it all out. And he tried to get a consensus in the House of Commons, and then he had a general election campaign so that by the time he was done, even the people opposed to free trade said, well, if that's what the country wants, that's what the country should have. But today, Roy, we live in a sort of in a federation where Ottawa thinks consensus is for losers. They see it as a sign of weakness. They don't want to have hearings. They don't want to lay out the cost of the climate change program. Just lay it out. Say, these are the costs. These are, we think, the benefits. What do you think? Let's have an election on it. That's for losers. They're not interested. It's winner take all. They're all Steve Gibo is an all or nothing kind of guy. And that's why you get everyone upset. Yeah, so true. And I remember interviewing that commissioner on... Uh on, uh, on free trade, and then Mike Wilson, who was the finance minister, c- came into the studio to talk about the GST, which was a huge issue in this country for anybody who remembers the 93 federal election. And a few times I asked Mike uh, a question about the GST, and he got a bewildered look on his face. He had no idea what the answer was, but they're sure we're selling it. And then and then Kretschian promised to get rid of it if he, if he won the election. Of course, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the just, only way it works. It's yeah. the only way it works in a federation. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Otherwise, these guys, they, they <laughs> see a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. And if it doesn't go in, the answer is to just keep banging it harder. Get a bigger hammer. That's, that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned um, requiring, demanding information. So Yves Giroux, the parliamentary budget officer, who's a regular guest on our program, and I always enjoy speaking with him, because while the deputy prime minister wouldn't tell Parliament how much it's going to cost to service our national debt of a trillion dollars plus, Mr. Giroux came on this program and said, oh, yeah, it's $44 billion this year. Huge. Right? And then it's going to be 45 and $46 billion. He didn't, he didn't wait. He didn't mumble and you know, take these chicane turns. He just, $44 billion. There it is. So on Black Locks Reporter... You also, you point out that uh, Mr. Giroux has made demands of, of the federal government. Tell us about that. In black and white, he wrote the Department of Finance, the Minister of Finance, Freeland, and the Minister of Industry, Champagne. I'm entitled to free and timely access. He said he wants them to put the cards on the table. 
regarding these extraordinary subsidies for electric auto battery factories in St. Thomas, Windsor, Brampton, Ontario. Total of $31 billion by federal math and his partial math, but he wants it laid out. Taxpayers don't have a lot of friends in Ottawa, you know that, Roy, and uh, Budget Officer Giroux is one of the few, and he wants the details, the breakdowns of these confidential agreements. That doesn't mean that everyone is going to get to see the confidential agreement, but it does mean that you will have an advocate of the taxpayer look at those contracts with Stellantis and Volkswagen and tell you what they're going to cost. Well, what's the worst that can happen? I can tell you on the Volkswagen deal, the official line from Cabinet was, this is going to cost $13 billion tops, but there's a five-year payback. Giroux did an interim report. He said, no, it's more like $16 billion. <laughs> what's a billion? And the payback is a little bit shaky. So uh, the, the, the sums are staggering. It's equal for these three factories to twice the annual auto output of the entire industry in Canada. $31 billion for these three factories. Now, I know you love electric cars, Roy. Well, I've got six of them. The problem is 95% of drivers aren't buying them. No. No, I, I always, I still pump that 91 octane into the beast. <laughs> so. Well, you got to get the performance, right? <laughs> I should be doing 94, but but I'm only doing 91. Because as it is, it oh, I, I'm going to get in trouble. As it is, it only gets about 10 miles to the gallon. But I didn't build it. I just bought it. <laughs> yeah, but you get that pick up and go off. Oh, the yeah. Right? So that's oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I do have a this lot of horses crucial. running around under the hood. <laughs> But, but you know, I, when, when Mr. Giroux was last on this program, he talked about the clean fuel regulations and his report on that and how he was attacked by the aforementioned Steve Gilbo as being irresponsible with the report. And then Yves Giroux said, well, look, uh, I'm sorry they're not happy with my report, but I got all the information from his ministry. And nobody, the ministry complained, it's just the minister. What am I supposed to do? Just write a report that makes Gilbo happy? I'm not doing that. And that's why I like Yves Giroux. It was a big deal when Parliament created that office. You know, I'll tell you, when Stephen Harper left office, people said, well, what is the Harper legacy? I'm going to be frank, Roy. You know, there was he outlawed the penny. They passed Quanto's law, which made it uh, additional sentencing if you shot a police dog. Like, that was a problem. I'm going to be candid. I didn't give Harper a lot of credit because some of these were sleepers. One of the sleepers was the creation of the budget office. And that has grown into one of the most profound aspects of parliamentary life now. Because everyone relies on the uh, the budget officer, now we've had three, to give them the straight goods. Yep. Because he's the only guy who can get access to the numbers. Yes. The departments won't And he has to else. fight for it. Oh, sure. He has well, to we had one budget officer for Shet went to federal court to get the numbers. Yeah. Tell me about this one. Statistics Canada surveying home air conditioning. Now... That's that's a project I've long felt was necessary in Canada. <laughs> you know, this one makes people nervous, which is why we reported it, because it was odd. You think, well, if you'd want to know how many air conditioners there are in Canada, just ask the sales department of the air conditioner companies. No, they didn't. 
They did a questionnaire, and they asked people in a survey, a StatsCan survey, right across the country, whether they had an air conditioner at home. As you would imagine, where it's hotter and more humid, 85% in Ontario have an air conditioner. It's about half in the prairies, Atlantic Canada, very few in British Columbia, fewer than a third. But StatsCan was very candid in saying that, you know, this is about climate change. No one in the history of the Federation has ever done an air conditioner home survey before. The problem is, and you can relate to this, Roy, you know, when they started to count up all the, all the fireplaces in Montreal, then city council banned fireplaces. This is the problem. When government starts to count... I was things, there for that. Exactly. It's usually not just for their own amusement. Why would you want to be counting up all the air conditioners in Ontario? Yeah. Well, <laughs> climate something. Listen, I guess we're find out. Tom, in 2008, Barack Obama as the newly elected president of the United States, said words to this effect, and I paraphrase very loosely, if Americans think the world is going to allow them to use air conditioning whenever they want, they've got another thing coming. <laughs> 2008, Barack Obama. <laughs> well, and we know, it's funny you should mention we know that there are some American advocates, they have a fetish about this wood-burning uh, pizza. Wood-burning, yeah, 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 yeah. Natural gas stove. Yeah. Apparently these are issues now. Yeah. They've never been to Beijing in the middle of winter when you literally can't see across the street because they burn so much high sulfur coal. Some of the worst coal in the world, you can crumble it in your hands. It's not like British Columbia coal. I've been in Beijing. I've stood at a street corner. You could literally not see across the street. It was a wall of gray. Tom, I have to read you uh, a text that I just received from uh, Daryl in New Brunswick. 877-399-9898 is our text line. Love the comment on horsepower. Made me remember cutting box off 69 Chevy, no hood on the farm, one hanging headlight, gray in color, gas tank behind the seat. After putting new points and plugs, did donuts till we ran out of gas, did not realize mom had just reseeded that part of the grass area. <laughs> Daryl in New Brunswick. Daryl sounds like the kind of guy who would take the catalytic converter off his you 75 think? Ford Granada just to improve <laughs> performance. <laughs> you think? Not that any oh, of the other that. rest of us did <laughs> I that. Love that. That text. would have been wrong. What's that? That would have been wrong. Yeah, I, I love that text. And I, I'm not about to apologize for all the wild horses that run around under the hood of my car. I've always enjoyed having a lot of power in the, in the vehicle. And, uh, and I know how to handle it. And they're not illegal. So, you know, people sometimes say, well, what do you drive that car for? Because I want to. Because it, I want to. Really. It's really about, it's a safety thing, right? It is. <laughs> I'm glad you see it, my way. <laughs> I tried to sell that car to you, but, <laughs> but I still have it. <laughs> now, let's talk about the cabinet polling Chinese Canadians in Vancouver. Tell us about that. This is interesting. These are in-house polls. They're the only uh, opinion polls that we read because they're the only ones that Cabinet reads. And it gives you some insight into Cabinet's thinking. And what they did was, this is fascinating, they went out to Vancouver and they interviewed only Chinese Canadians. They had those focus groups. And they asked them, how are we doing with China? Uh, how do you think we could do better? Where do you think there might be some problems? What was interesting is what they didn't ask. They didn't ask about foreign interference, including pretty much 
demonstrated harassment of uh, Chinese Canadian MPs, one of them from Vancouver East, Jenny Kwan, a Democrat. And they didn't ask about a foreign registry, which is really interesting. That would be mandatory registration from agents who act on behalf of a foreign individual, state, or corporation. But they did ask, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? One of the takeaways was focusing on what could be done. I'm quoting from their research. What could be done by Canada to improve its relationship with China? Many believe there needed to be greater representation of Chinese Canadians at the federal level. We always say, Roy, everything is political 100% all the time. This is political as, as get out. Now, how about the pro-China petition? Didn't do too well. This was a petition that was endorsed by a senator from British Columbia, Senator Yuan Pao Wu, liberal appointee, sits as an independent. And it was a petition that said, no way, no how, probably racist, can't have a foreign registry. This is stigmatization of the Chinese-Canadian community. It must stop. Well, he got 2,450 signatures. How much is that? Let's see. Jamie Smale, MP, Halliburton, Cortha Lakes, got 41,000 who want recall legislation. Uh, let's see. Uh, a petition opposing vaccine passports got 42,000. So 2,450 is pretty slim pickings. What was interesting is that was really endorsed by two senators, Senator Wu from B.C. and uh, Senator Victor O, conservative appointee from Ontario. Okay, and the final story, and some of the country will cheer about this. Toronto officially loses one MP under new election boundaries to be drawn in 2024. Somehow, I don't think Toronto's going to lose anything, but anyway... It's a final. It's actually it is, done. It's done. Yeah, Boundaries Commission ignored uh, liberal protest from uh, the liberal majority in the House Affairs Committee. And they said uh, the problem with Toronto is yeah, they're growing, but they're not growing as fast as the suburbs. You can't put 12 pounds of sand in a 10-pound bag. No one cares about feelings. This is about representation. And we cannot skew it towards Toronto. So we know that means there will be one fewer liberal seats in the House of Commons. That's not a partisan comment. That's arithmetic when they have 25 out of 25 in Toronto and one is gone. That is uh, Scarborough H. and Court MP Genia, by the way. She is losing her riding. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have some trouble maintaining the writings they have in Atlantic Canada or one last time, which is virtually all of them. As we know, the uh, four Atlantic premiers have sent a letter of protest together to the prime minister of the carbon tax. And Atlantic Canadians are the ones who are most appear to detest the carbon tax because they're just getting a good taste of it. Well, especially you mentioned also clean fuel standard. When oh, Prince yeah. Edward Island, there have been stats. Half of them are still using home heating oil in Prince Edward Island. You are just going to take it on clean fuel standard alone. Yes. So it starts to add up. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.